Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that brings you deep dive interviews with the motorcycle industry insiders and racers that make the sport move. I'm host Dale Spangler, and this episode's guest is Hallie Marks, Enduro Cross and Hard Enduro Racer for Team Sherco USA. This episode is brought to you by Moto America, home of AMA Superbike Racing and North America's premier motorcycle road racing series. Watch every round of the 2023 series with Moto America Live Plus video on demand streaming service. Or visit the Moto America YouTube channel for race highlights and original video content. For the complete 2023 Moto America schedule, head to MotoAmerica.com. Or follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for real-time series updates. Let's get started. Hallie Marks, welcome to Pit Pass Moto. Really appreciate your time today. How are you today? What's been happening? I'm doing really good. It's a bit cold here in Montana, but thanks for having me a part of this. Yeah, so you're like not far from Helena. We we kind of have a mutual friend, Brian Elliott, that lives up that way. I think he's even your neighbor, if I'm not mistaken. I think he lives in Clancy as well. So to kind of circle back, though, you've already had a pretty darn good season already. You started off the U.S. Hard Enduro Series with a second place at the King of the Hammers event, which is your first time racing there. Mm-hmm. New terrain. I think you said you never raced a GPS race before. So tell us about the kickoff to this year. Well, uh, after last year, I was training a lot over the winter to get prepared for the upcoming season. And I was a bit nervous about this race because, like you said, I had never done a GPS race before. So that was that was new. Um, it was better than I thought it was going to be. So that's good. Terrain was different. But I am super happy with how I finished. And I'm super stoked for the upcoming season. It was a good race. It had its ups and downs, um, but overall, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it looked like the it's like riding on Mars or the Moon. You know, if I if we could ever yeah, do that someday, because <laughs> it's just <laughs> nothing but rocks. You know, at the yeah. King of the Hammers. So, and then the GPS thing has to be like a weird little twist. So, mm-hmm. I take it you have like waypoints that you have to navigate to. Uh, yeah. So it got progressively harder. So the first day was pretty easy. There were some markings on the course. And the GPS was pretty much just told you where your next checkpoint was going to be or where the finish line was. And like I said, the markings on the course were pretty good the first day. The second day, they didn't really have lots of markings. So you did have to go off of your GPS a lot. But by the time I got to the course, there was already pretty well-built trail. So it's not like I was looking at my GPS the entire race, but I did spend a good amount of time looking at it. Yeah, I just, I can't even imagine like, you know, trying to navigate the terrain that you have to go through while also navigating with a GPS unit. So it definitely (laughs) throws a little bit of twist in there for sure. Yeah, I did get thrown off a couple times, but we're good. We got back on track. (laughs) Yeah, well, it had to be, you know, less of a surprise. It's not like it was your very first race because I saw where you finished fifth in your very first, I think, you know, the Grinding Stone Hard Enduro last year, I think in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got fifth place in that. So, I mean, it seems like you just came out of nowhere. Um, let's talk about that event. And then how did you get your first get your start in motorcycling? Well, when I was young, my parents were avid off-road racers and riders, so they introduced me to it at a young age. My brother got a bike, I think, when he was on his fifth or sixth birthday, and then I fell in love with it too. We put on a off-road race on our ranch 
for like three to four years. So that kind of introduced me to racing. And after that, it progressed to the local 406 off-road series that I was doing. And I was still riding with, I didn't really have lots of women to ride with around that time. It was mostly my brother. So um, CSC Enduro saw my potential and they reached out as my first sponsor. I believe it was 2020. And they offered to take my bike to Texas for the Red Bull override. So that was my first extreme enduro, like the actual hard enduro that I did. It was it was quite the story because it was three hours in the day, three hours at night, and something that's probably a bit harder to do when you're just getting introduced to hard enduros. So halfway through the race, like... My parents had my lights and I was in the dark for some of it. So it was kind of scary and it was hard and I didn't really know what to expect, but I won the women's class there and it just kind of took off from there sponsor wise and going to more races and training and stuff just all started from there. I mean, you didn't pick an easy one, did you? You start with the Red Bull override, you know, yeah. probably one of the more difficult races to begin with. And yeah, like you said, riding at night. Mm-hmm. So Let's back up a little bit again, though, because you do have some Enduro Cross experience as well, because I saw where you finished fourth place in the 2022 series, but you're just in there among some serious legends. Shelby Turner, Rachel Goodish, yeah. Louise Forsley. I mean, you're you're riding with these women that are just legends, you know, in off-road racing. So mm-hmm. I feel like you've come a long ways very quickly. You have a lot of experience, but not necessarily racing. Mm-hmm. So in the last couple of years, wow, you've really come a long ways. Yeah, and I'm really happy with how far I've come. Racing against people that are way better than you can be intimidating, especially in enduro cross because there's not an amateur women's class. So when I went into that, it was really nerve-wracking going into something, knowing, okay, they're probably going to lap me a few times. But I definitely progressed while I watched them a lot, and I became good friends with Louise and Rachel and all of them. So I was able to ride with them some, and they've helped coach me on some stuff, which has really helped. But I think just repetition and practicing that more has really helped me over the past year. I mean, it sounds to me like it was definitely a little bit of a family affair, too, because Mm -hmm. uh, did your dad race as well? Or was that your brother? Uh, They both did, actually. So my dad has raced hard enduro stuff in the past. He actually got second at king of the motos in like 2018 oh wow in the a class so and then he won the u.s hard enduro a class on the western side the series this year or last year i guess i should say so you've got a built-in teacher you know in a way. <laughs> <laughs> he, he definitely has taught me everything i know so and then my brother he races a lot too he does all the races that i do we kind of all travel as a family and my mom still rides, but she doesn't do as much of the racing as we do. But we all go to the races as a family, and we'll ride as a family, and it's fun that way. So, Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that event that you were talking about that you held mm-hmm. on your, your family property, the Crazy Ben XC. Because I looked that up, and I'm mm-hmm. like, it seemed like it has almost like a bit of a cult following with, you know, like a lot of people were into that race. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have lasted through like 2020, maybe. Yep. What a cool event, though. I think, was it part of a series, the Montana Enduro Series? Yeah, it was for the time that it was going on. So I think it went, was it 2013, 2014? What 
the beginning years of it. And there were quite a few people that did that race. I w- can remember the last couple of years, but when I was really small, like, I can't remember the beginning of it, but it was a pretty popular race and it wasn't extremely technical. There were some technical spots, but it was mainly just an off-road race. So it was fun. So I'm curious to know, how did you decide on the, because, you know, like you're talking about right now, like the, the the track on your property, a little more probably flowing, you know, not so having to hop up, you know, 10 foot vertical walls, like in some of these, <laughs> you know, yeah. hard enduros. How did you end up choosing the disciplines of hard enduro and enduro cross? Because they, they're definitely very focused and very unique. And it seems like not many people decide, like, I'm going to go torture myself for three hours <laughs> in an off-road race. Yeah. Like, how'd you get hooked? Was it that first race you, you talked about? Yeah, I, it was my first race. I've grown up riding off-road. Like, I just love challenging myself. And I like doing all the things the boys did. And... I would ride with the guys and do everything that they did because I wanted to challenge myself. So when it did come to hard enduro and enduro cross, it was my cup of tea because I've always loved to challenge myself and go over things that can seem scary. And I always admired the pros that could do that. So I'm like, I want to, I want to do that too. So that's kind of where it started. So it sounds like kind of the rush, you know, the little bit of the rush of the hard enduro where you're if you don't like heights, some of those events you go to, <laughs> they're not easy on you. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Because you got some serious climbing. There's like cliffs you can fall down, all kinds of oh, things sure. like that. Yeah, you can't be afraid of heights. Uh, you can't mm-hmm. be afraid of, you know, jumping off whatever, 10-foot drops, that kind yeah. of stuff. So, yeah, definitely interesting, unique disciplines. Mm-hmm. Let's back up and talk a little bit more about your family, though, you and your family. I noticed that you guys have a big piece of property there in Montana, and you have a lumber business, if I'm not mistaken. So it looks like you have a mid-sized specialty sawmill. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that, because it's got a long family history, right? Like you, mm-hmm. your family's been in Montana for a long time. It has been, yeah. So our ranch has been passed down. It's, I believe, a sixth-generation ranch right now, right around 7,000 acres. And my grandpa owns Mark's Lumber and my great-uncle Mark's Miller. So we have a lot of trails on the ranch right now. It's a beautiful ranch. Like it's well taken care of and the, all the trails are awesome. It's great training ground. I can definitely not complain about that. So super happy, but it's been a great way for me to progress with my dirt biking and yeah. Yeah. You have like, you got some built-in enduro cross obstacles since you got mm-hmm. some logs <laughs> all over. And, and I think like railroad ties, I think your, your parents' company produced railroad ties for a while, right? Um, I'm not too sure about that. I do know that they worked for the mine way back when this was a mining town. So the Great Northern Railroad did run through our ranch in the past. And then that's kind of how Clancy was more of a train depot, like a train station area. Okay during the time and then it turned into a mining town and yeah our ranch was getting bigger we actually own one of the first homesteads in montana wow so that's pretty neat yeah so back over 100 years then i assume right yep wow that's really cool yeah so let's talk a little bit more too about like your 
training regimen and what you do to prepare for these hard enduros and enduro cross? Like, what's what does a typical training day look like for you? Obviously, it's kind of off season right now. It's winter, like you said. You have snow there. Mm-hmm. I assume you have to run studded tires to get out and actually ride when it's this cold. But mm-hmm. you know, like, what what do you actually do to train for that? You know, like the physical side of hard enduro and enduro cross. Well, the past year I worked with Enduro Method, which is an online program specifically designed for dirt bikers. But this year I currently have a personal weightlifting trainer that I meet with once a week. And then I'll also go to the gym multiple times. I can't really ride right now, like you said. So it's been a little tough not being on the bike. But during hard enduro season, I work a lot on little drills on my bike and lots of gym stuff. Just really work on getting as strong as I can. And then during enduro cross season, it switches a little bit because I want to get laps in on the enduro cross track and time myself and pace myself. So it's just a it's a little bit different training for both hard enduro and enduro cross. And I'm still fairly new to it. So I'm getting used to new techniques and ways of doing things. But so far, I like the way that my trainer's been coaching me and my gym time along with some stuff other pros have told me about. Yeah, Dural Cross has just got to be so difficult because it's like purely anaerobic where you're just, mm-hmm. it's hard to like remember to breathe. You know, your heart rate's just maxed out. So I imagine you have mm-hmm. to train like more explosive power in you know, a shorter amount of time. Oh, you do. And then you got the flip side of that. Like you said, the hard endurals, which are three hours long. And so you've got to have more of that mm-hmm. probably just long, long form endurance. Yep, pretty much. For Dural Cross, I'll mainly work on, like you said, bursts and getting fast laps and really, really pushing myself cardio-wise. And then for hard enduro, I'll work on lots of technique and lots of steady riding and stuff like that. I'm going to read a statement that you said, and I want to, I'm going to, then I'll follow up with the question. You said, lots of traveling, lots of races, and lots of training. But I'm curious to know, do you love all three aspects? Mm-hmm. Like, do you love the traveling? Obviously, you probably love the races, but like some people like the training, some people don't. Mm-hmm. I won't love the training all the time. Like there's those days where it's like, oh, I really don't want to do this right now, but I know (laughs) that I have to. And that can be really hard to go out there and push yourself when you really don't feel like it. But I think those are the days that you actually get the most out of it because you have to push yourself harder. But training gets a lot more the further up you get. Like you have to train way harder, way longer. So that's something I'm currently getting used to. Because it's a lot to take in once you start getting up there. The traveling, I mean, on it, it's it's okay. It's it's not awful. You are mainly excited for where you're going, but it's not a huge burden. Gas prices aren't the best right now. Yeah, I think a lot of times people just think that it's so the traveling aspect of it is just so. Oh wow, you got to go to you know Los Angeles. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I didn't see anything. I was at a race, and exactly. But when you do get to enjoy it, you know, like the, I've had quite a few guests that you know, like going to the six days in Italy, and mm-hmm. and then talking about all the experiences of you know the different food and different cultures and stuff like that. So oh, that's yeah. always a fun aspect of racing that I, I personally enjoyed. You know, yeah, the training part not so much. I'm with you on that. <laughs> you know, as at your level, you know, being a professional now, like it's going to become more of a job. And so it's probably hard just to, to keep it fun. Yeah, it, it can be. But like you said, it, it is cool to travel and see places too. But during a Daryl Cross season, when we go to places, it's usually, usually we get there, we race, and then we leave type deal. Well, it looks like you've got some support. You've landed from, from Sherco USA. Is that something where they approached you, you know, not long after one of your finishes? 
Well, they recognized me at the end of 2021 and sponsored me throughout last year. I'm currently still sponsored, but during that time, they've introduced me to many new sponsors. And I definitely have a lot of new sponsors this year, which is awesome. And they've opened my eyes to future opportunities. So I'm not full factory at the moment, but I am pretty sponsored by them. So I'm very thankful about that. Before you finish today's episode, first we have a word from our sponsor. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. I noticed you have a couple other, like not a lot of racers have these like unique local sponsors. Like you had, mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm probably going to butcher this, but like uh, <laughs> Wasweiler Dinner House and Pub, mm-hmm. Owens Meats. And then you got Golden Eagle Construction, Pop Construction and A10 Drilling. How did you end up with all these local people sponsoring your racing? I mean, that's just so cool that they're into it, wanting to help you out a little bit. Well, since my grandpa owns Mark's Lumber, we kind of know some of the business owners around here, and they're also really good friends of ours that I've grown up knowing. So I just approached them about helping me throughout the year, and they're so supportive, and I'm so thankful about that. And my grandma actually owns the Wasweiler Dinner House, So, (laughs) and then Owens Meats in Washington is owned by my other grandpa, so all my grandparents own businesses which can be convenient for what I do. But I am very thankful for what they're doing this year because I wouldn't be able to do what I do without them. Sounds like they're all pretty darn proud of you. That's what it sounds like to me. (laughs) (laughs) Want to get behind your racing. Yeah, they're so supportive. That means so much to me. Well, something else I saw that seemed to be kind of a theme, you know, I was, I was, kind of scrolling through your social media and, you know, checking out some of your photos of your races. And and it's something that you seem to gravitate back to is always smiling. So is it something that you try and channel into your racing? Because to me, I look at a series like the hard enduro and enduro cross, and you got to have a lot of patience, Mm -hmm. perseverance. You got to be able to stay calm and collected. So is that just kind of a a conscious effort for you to just kind of like, Hey, you know what, there's going to be situations where I'm going to get frustrated, but it's how I kind of go about my perspective of, of coming into these races. Yeah, I try to be as happy as I can on my dirt bike. I don't want to get overly frustrated with myself because I love dirt biking and I love smiling. And I feel like smiling can really change your attitude. So when I'm having a hard time during the race, I try to be optimistic about it because you can't focus on the bad moments in the race. You have to keep going. And I think after I met Destry Abbott, we're really good friends now. Um, He definitely inspired me a lot because he's always so nice to people and he's so supportive and he's so optimistic and he's just a great person overall. And I was like, wow, I really want to be like that. So I really want to be that happy person that you always see happy on social media and and in person. That's kind of where I got it from. So I try to be as happy as I can on and off social media. Well, I think you chose a fantastic role model because (laughs) yeah, Destry Abbott, 
like you said, it doesn't get much better than that as far as a representation, you know, of, of our sports, of off-road motorcycling, mm-hmm. because, yeah, he goes out of his way, you know, to just talk to anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. He's just a good down-to-earth person. So, yeah, good kudos to you on that choice, because I think that was a great one. He is a great person. So what, so far in your racing career, has been your favorite race slash event that you've attended to date? So far, it's been the Donner Hard Enduro in California. The first time I raced it was last year, and it's not on the Premier Series this year, which I'm disappointed about. But it, the terrain was rocky and really mountainous. It actually reminded me of Montana, so I thought that was pretty cool. It was my type of riding. And it was the first race where I actually placed in the pro women's class for Hard Enduro. So that it is a race to remember, and I definitely remember that entire race of having fun and I wasn't super worked up at, in it at all and I rode smooth and clean and it was just felt good so it was my favorite race. Yeah, it's funny how like I don't know, like I feel like the Donner race probably still would be on there but right now it's probably under 53 feet of snow from that thing that I saw <laughs> that they, oh, that yes. they yeah, that they got in that area so I think they're probably going to have snow through July this year so that might be part of the reason that they, you know, decided not to do that. Mm-hmm. So, what about for your career goals do you have like what are your aspirations for this is this something do you see yourself continuing on or do you have other aspirations like another direction in mind uh well that's a good question my goal right now is just to see how good i can be i want to i want to be a professional that it's always been my goal ever since i was little when i was like six or seven i would tell my parents i want to be a professional dirt biker someday and seeing it happen is pretty incredible, but yeah. it's always been my dream and I want it really bad. So I do see it as a potential career right now, but I'm just happy where I'm at and I'm excited to see where it leads. Yeah. It seems like you've got the land, the training facility, you surround yourself with good people. So it seems like it's now, it's just a matter of, you know, putting your head down and seeing, seeing where this journey takes you. Exactly. Yep. So I'm curious to know though, if you weren't dirt bike racing what would you be doing um i'm a cowgirl at heart so before dirt biking or before i got super into dirt biking i should say i loved working with horses so horseback riding i love that a lot and i was pretty up in 4-h too i raised both a steer and a pig for many years so that was really fun i loved working with animals so i if I'm not dirt biking, I like spending time at, at the barn and with my horse. And I have a job right now. I work at my grand, my grandparents' sawmill outside, and I run, run the forklifts, which is fun. But that's what I would be doing. Now, do you do, like, do, you do Western style or English style? Like, do you do the jumping and all that? No, it's more Western style. Yeah, like trail riding. Like mm-hmm. I think to me, like that sounds fun to me. My my niece is into the dressage thing, and I just like it's totally different. You oh, know, yeah. like it's very stringent and strict. You know, rules and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about one other thing that I noticed that you have coming up this year on your property the uh, the Montana Dirt Experience, June tenth through eleventh by Dirt Tastic. It's going to take place on your family's property in Clancy, Montana, and it looks like it's going to be a women's and drill skill session. So tell us about that. What a cool idea. It is. It's super cool. And Caitlin Benaroy is the owner of Dirtastic. She's a good family friend, and what she does for women is amazing. She pretty much sets up a group of women for a clinic, so it's 
sometimes as a woman being in a clinic with a man instructor, it can just be a little bit harder yeah. for them to understand. Yep. From a woman's perspective, it's it's really good. And I've known many women that have really enjoyed it. This year, we're doing more of a off-road dirt-tastic session on my family's ranch. And we mainly go over a lot of just basic skills for trail riding, which is super neat. We have a lot of trails for that. So it's a three-day clinic. You'll camp here two nights. There's a potluck. And it's just super fun to get a group of girls out and riding because to grow the women's dirt bike community, I think it's super cool. And it's a good group of people. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. Like you said, like a less intimidating environment. Mm -hmm. It's all women. So I think you probably everybody just feels more relaxed, I would assume. Mm -hmm. And just a great like just way to build everybody up and, you know, no judgment zone type situation where, yeah, yeah, I can enter because it can be intimidating, you know, like learning Mm -hmm. dirt bikes for the first time. And so that's really cool that you're doing stuff like that to kind of give back to the sport. Yeah. And I'm super, I'm super happy about it. So it'll be a good weekend. Well, Hallie, we really appreciate your time today so much. Um, It's been great getting to know you, learning more about your career. Um, Where can people follow you online and where can they learn more about this Montana dirt experience if it's not already filled up um, by Dirtastic? Well, thanks for having me again. And you can follow me. My Instagram is HallieMark676. And I'm on Facebook too. And then if you go to Dirtastic on Instagram, you can click the link in their bio to sign up for the Montana Dirt Experience because it'll be super fun. Awesome. Well, wish you nothing but the best going forward in uh, this year's Hard Enduro Series. And uh, congrats on the second place at the ro- first round. Are you going to do the whole series then, I assume? I am. The premiere series. I will be doing all of them. Awesome. And then follow probably Duro Cross in the fall again. Mm-hmm. Correct. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much, Hallie. And... Uh, All the best. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow Pit Pass Moto on your favorite podcast listening app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please rate and review our show. We'd appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media or visit pitpassmoto.com where you can listen to past episodes and purchase your very own Pit Pass Moto swag. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson and the production team at Wessler Media. I'm Dale Spangler. I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of Pit Pass Moto. Thanks for listening. should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. 
You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 